the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is. And welcome back. Monday, October 25th, 2021. President, former President Barack Obama, this weekend in Virginia campaigning for Terry McAuliffe, said, quote, we don't have time to be wasting on these phony trumped up culture wars. This fake outrage that right wing media peddles to juice their ratings and the fact that the GOP candidate for governor is willing to go along with it instead of talking about serious problems that actually affect serious people. Well, that's a shame. He concluded, quote, that's not what this election elections about. That's not what you need. Virginia. Close quote. Never mind that what President Obama is talking about is teaching racially charged and distorted history and culture, or that school districts have covered up a rape by a transgender student because the adjective transgender is more important than the verb, never mind the crime of rape. But this is what the left does, routinely and strategically. Takes a feature of their progressivism and buries it when it comes to light, or shunts it away as an asterisk or an aberration of their platform. And movement, But when it comes to conservatives, the, less, the left takes our aberrations and extremes and defines them as routine, workaday, and not bugs of our movement, but features. This is part and parcel of their modus operandi to change the meaning of things like speech. First, the progressive courts changed freedom of speech as found in our First Amendment to freedom of expression. Then, knowing speech was still protected and sacrosanct, mostly unpunishable and mostly protected, the left redefined it when used by conservatives. And then to complete their new moral dictionary, they started changing their actual dictionary, defining actions and violence, which are usually not protected, as speech, to give it protection. You see this almost everywhere. Flag burning is now speech, thus protected. Saying march peacefully is now an immediate incitement to violence. What all of us knew as rioting can be reframed as either one mostly peaceful and thus outside the reach of the law or public sanction, or two justified as fighting racism is as important as fighting COVID, an apolitical virus. Church and synagogue Church and synagogue gatherings can be shut down as unprotected First Amendment freedom of religion because we'll see above an apolitical virus is more important. Never mind those who have plighted their lives, their very lives, to protected embraces of God via statement, song and gathering. Words can be violence, of course, too, as can race. At ASU, being white in the wrong building is violence. At too many places, almost everywhere, saying you do not buy into the entire program of racialist Marxist movements is violence. Perhaps even writing such a thing is violence. Questioning whether a 10-year-old is truly capable of adjudging his or her permanent sexual assignment is violence. Giving them drugs and surgery to comply with their wishes, their truth, 
is not. Onward the project goes, so that in short order there is a defined and acceptable, though not accepted, position on all these things, such that utterances or arguments to their contrary can be portrayed and then seen as fake, phony, trumped up, wastes of time, as Barack Obama puts it. But excuse us for thinking Brown versus Board of Education matters and mattered. And excuse us for thinking the Civil Rights Acts of the 1960s matters and mattered. And excuse us for taking seriously a senator named Barack Obama, who in 2007, before he was elected president, said at a famous civil rights speech, quote, there's still some battles that need to be fought, some rivers that need to be crossed. Like Moses, the task was passed on to those who might not have been as deserving might not have been as courageous, find themselves in front of the risks that their parents and their grandparents and great-grandparents had taken. But that doesn't mean, he's still speaking, that doesn't mean they still don't have a burden that they have to shoulder, that they don't have some responsibilities the previous generation, the Moses generation, pointed to the way. They took us 90% of the way there, he concluded, but we still got that 10% in order to cross over to the other side. Close quote. Now, immediately one has to ask how a 10% problem or issue can be defined as all pervasive or systemic. And then one has to ask if we had 10% to go before Barack Obama was twice being elected president of the United States. Do we not get to diminish some of that 10%, if not fully so? So that one may say by 2017 we were 90% of the way there? or even 100% at least in law and culture? No. As old, Orwell, as old Orwell tells us, do you realize that the past starting from yesterday has actually been abolished? If it survives anywhere, it's in a few solid objects with no words attached to them, like a lump of glass. Already we know almost literally nothing about the revolution in the years before the revolution. Every record has been destroyed or falsified. Every book has been rewritten. Every picture has been repainted. Every statue and street and building has been renamed. Every date has been altered. And that process is continuing day by day and minute by minute. History having stopped, nothing exists except an endless present in which the party is always right. I get it. If Barack Obama wants to stay relevant, he has to join the party and jump onto its endless loop that operates only on an axis that destroys, obliterates, and memory holes every record, which must be destroyed or falsified. It's a long process that starts slowly, but then toboggans rapidly. Next you know it, it'll be a waste of time, fake and phony to serious people, Remember Obama's use of the word serious people to question how many Americans were left behind in Af Afghanistan. It will be a waste of time, fake and phony to serious people to question how we left Afghanistan. It will be a waste of time, fake and phony to serious people to question whether the generals were listened to or not. It will be a waste of time, fake and phony, to serious people to question why the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff of the military can call our communist opponents and give them the inside track on our military strategy. It will be a waste of time, fake and phony, to serious people to question why the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff of the military is reading Mao and Lenin and Marx to, in his words, better understand the people he swore to defend, Americans. 
It will be a waste of time, fake and phony, to serious people to question how gain-of-function research was funded. Such funding leading to a worldwide pandemic. Such funding, all evidence shows, came in part from the National Institutes of Health. It will be a waste of time, fake and phony, to serious people to question the mental acuity of the president, though he shows far more advanced confusion, to put it no higher, as to where he is and what he's saying than any other president before him. And asking where the stories about the 25th Amendment, which were proliferantly used to discount Republican presidential authority, is, as you know, with this president, a waste of time, fake and phony, for serious people to question. As for COVID itself, we must force vaccines on children, though more vaccinated adults have died than all children since the advent of the pandemic by a factor of at least seven. To question or raise that issue is a waste of time, fake and phony to serious people. Well, I can understand people not wanting a culture war, just as I can understand people not wanting a race war. I'm one of them. It's a consummation devoutly to be wished. But we did not start these culture or race wars. Oh, we've ceded a lot of territory through our negligence, but we are not so beaten that when edicts of education tell us to dismantle the family and you cannot question doing so, pardon me for thinking parents have a right to say something about that just as they have a right to vote something about that without being libeled as unserious or raising phony issues. Let me close on this. Anti-Racist Baby is the name of the book, now an industry complete with different formats and a Netflix special written and produced by the Marxist Ibrahim Kendi. Its board book for children, toddlers, states, literally states, quote, if you claim to be colorblind, you deny what is right in front of you. Close quote. You know who claimed we should be colorblind? Justice John Marshall Harlan in his dissent in Plessy versus Ferguson, the case that stood for separate but equal, the case that required Brown versus Board to overturn it. You know, Brown, we used to take it seriously as we used to take separate but equal seriously because they were blights and blots on our history. Well, Harlan was right in 1896, just as Thurgood Marshall was in 1954 and just as Martin Luther King was in 1963. We used to condemn a government that policed thought and criminalized peaceful political action. Now we sick the FBI on them. A lot of redefinition has taken place. But just because a dictionary may say a man is a table does not mean that those who say no, a man is a man and a table is a table, are responsible for a war of any kind in our language, culture, beliefs, or God help us, speech. That's interesting how that comes through in the left speaker more so than the right. Usually the main part. I'm not Dennis Prager. I'm Seth Leapson, 602-508-0960. I won't do audio mechanics with you all. Rick is in Phoenix. Hello, Rick. Hello there, my Aristotelian friend. How are you doing, sir? How are you? How was your weekend? I'm doing well. It was a great weekend. How about yours? Well, I uh, I had a really good weekend, and uh, I took a lot of notes. I did a lot of reading. I'm getting back into reading, which is a funny thing for me to say, but I went for a long period not reading books, just reading magazines, being magazine smart. I'm going back to being uh-huh. trying to be trying to be book smart. Okay, 
Okay, that sounds good. I, you know, variety is the spice of life. Well, I like movies. There just weren't a lot coming my coming out that looked interesting to me, to be honest with you. And yeah. uh, I would say in the last two weeks, I've bought in ten books, and I've plowed through. I'm a slow reader, so I've gotten through like three of them. <laughs> I'm a slower reader, <laughs> so I can I can identify with you. Hey, I'm going to make this really quick, Seth. Your monologue was terrific, and you are off to a galloping start for the week. Oh, thanks. And I would like to suggest yes, that sir. I think I know the reason for all of the fuddlement that is in our uh, language and our, our society, our culture. Yes, sir. And uh, I need someone who has more... Uh, knowledge of uh, history Uh-oh. than I do, okay. but I think the reason is because of the useful idiots in the media and academia and similar places. They are just allowing the leftist uh, to fuddle everything, mm-hmm. and they and they perpetuate it. Mm-hmm. And and I'm wondering, do you know the etymology? Uh, I mean, etymology of useful idiots. Because well, I know I, I know a little bit about it, it, but not a lot. Um, yeah. I know some people attribute it to the Russian Revolution and Vladimir Lenin. I don't yeah. know if it's ever been pinned down, but okay. painfully to my heart and to my mind. It was the title of a best-selling book by Mona Charon some years oh. ago. Oh, wow. And oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that it was about about your thesis. And it, yeah. somewhere around 2002-ish it came out. It was a okay. big deal. Okay. And what is sad to me about that is she became a quote-unquote Republican or conservative for Biden. Uh, you know, <sighs> because evidently, I guess, evidently um, – it, 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 evidently, she found opposition to Marxism more noxious than Marxism. I, I can wow. think of no other reason why someone would say, I'm a Republican and a conservative, but I will vote for yeah. Joe Biden, which is that to is say... mind-boggling. And so it's a sad thing. Yeah, very, very. Well, this is what I'm talking about when I talk about useful idiots. I think... I think, for example, of uh, Jeff Flake and his book, The Conscience of a Conservative. Right. Are you kidding me? Right. <laughs> right. You know, uh, things that, like that. That was such an act of ledger domain. Uh, for, oh. oh, my gosh. First oh. of for, uh, yeah. so, so many problems inherent in that book. It was a delight to review it because it was like shooting fish in a pond. He actually distorts <laughs> yeah. history to make a point. He actually yeah. changes history to make a point. Un- unbelievable. And runs unbelievable. to leftist narratives about certain points of history, leftist documents. Yes. Though there are better conservative ones. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just uh, to make his point. Which wouldn't have been right. able to have been made if you were using right. the real ones. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, this, this weekend I was reminded, uh, Proverbs sixteen sixteen says there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him, and twice in that list of seven is lying. Uh-huh. And I am, uh, that, that's a Proverbs sixteen sixteen. Yeah. No kidding. Uh, 16 through 18. No kidding. Okay. And... The thing about it is, is the left and so many Democrats have just come to the point where lying seems to be easier to them than telling the truth. 
And I was reminded, for example, of Harry Reid ah. when he lied about Mitt Romney. That's right. And then he was confronted later, yeah. and he said his response was, well, it worked, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said something like, well, it worked, or look who won, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. No compunction whatsoever. None. Right, yeah. right. Because Just honesty is not their value. Truth is not their value. That's right. The win That's is their value. Right. The progressive dominant, the ends justify the means. Yeah. The ends justify mm-hmm. the means. That's far more, far more uh, important, I think, to keep in mind than uh, than useful idiots in 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 respect of the fact that the ends justify the means has been the calling car of every tyranny since Mao. Right. That's right. That is exactly right. Well. Brother, you lit a fire under me. I'm looking forward to the rest of the show today. God bless you, and I love you, brother. I love you, too. Thank you, Rick. Thank you. You know, it's an interesting thing, that word, love. Um, Of course, uh, a lot of people know the different kinds of love. C.S. Lewis has written very articulately on that. But when I think about a fellow citizen saying I love you to a fellow citizen, I know Rick a little bit. I don't know him super well. what would be he he probably he probably knows me a little better than I know him just cuz you know of the personal stuff that sometimes comes out but we know each other a little bit and have met but to say you love a fellow citizen is actually probably a very good thing when you think about thinking about a lecture Michael Novak once gave Catholic theologian spaced for many years at AEI wrote numerous books important books and he, he, he used to remind us how important it was to remember that the Declaration of Independence was written, as was the Constitution, in what was known as the city of brotherly love. It says, you can't fully understand the notion of all men are created equal until you understand what love was, was understood to be, what love was understood to be in creating something like Philadelphia. Phila is a... Corruption of uh, love in Delphia is obviously uh, a corruption of a polis or a city. City of brotherly love. And I, um, and, and I do think about that, especially when you think about what the major issue we are fighting over today is. How serious was America committed and how serious is America committed to equality? It's a funny thing having, I think, achieved the first – the oceanic Orwellian notion of a of a of a of a never-ending present has changed conversations over equality, which I think we have achieved in law, culture, and most practice, though not in heart. It has changed it to a notion of equity. Can you imagine fighting a revolution over words that said all men are dedicated to equity? I just I just don't see picking up the the sword and shield over that one. You know why? Wouldn't have meant anything to the people who wrote it at that time. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, 602-508-0960-334. Brings us our culture and economy update with John Dombrowski from Grand Canyon Planning Associates, where he is founder and president. GrandCanyonPlanning.com is his website. The Word on Wealth, his radio show, heard here every Saturday morning at 7. His business is securing Arizona's future one family at a time. J.D., happy Monday. Happy Monday, Seth. How are you? Fantastic. All what a beautiful right. day out there. Uh, you did something wonderful for me today. I got to tell you, you really did. You really did a neat <laughs> thing. You sent me an update on the economy with a column of good and a column of things bad. So we can't imitate Ethel Merman. Everything's coming up roses just roses. quite yet. <laughs> But let's start with the what you thought was a was a was a piece of good news because I think it is too, and it's about Tesla. Tell us. Yeah, I mean we've been hearing all about Tesla over the years, and again uh, another milestone for Tesla. They became one of this elite group of companies now uh, with a market cap of one trillion dollars. That happened today, and this was on some news when they reported last week, uh, beating on their their earnings. But also, uh, there's news that came out. Hertz, the company which claimed bankruptcy a couple of years back, uh, and they're working with their reorganization, but they are ordering 100,000 vehicles, it says, from Tesla. And this, of course, is uh, a tremendous boom for Tesla, uh, the company. It raised, I think, it's about $24 billion in uh, sales that are going to be expected from this. So the stock just took off today, up about 12%, topping over $1,000 a share uh, once again. The stock did hit that way back when, but split. It was early, I think, 2020. And I, I think uh, I'm right. Elon yeah. Musk, who is the founder of uh, Tesla, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. he is and has been for, I guess, uh, several months now, the wealthiest guy in the world, right? Yes, I, 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 so long as he beats Bezos and Gates, I'm okay. That's all I <laughs> By the care way, I need about. To make, I need to make a correction. It was four point two billion dollars. Even that. more, even better. A fortiori, yeah. we lawyers would say, even better. Okay, <laughs> I, it's just it's important to me that he beat the others. That's all. And he's he's beating them right because now, he's yeah. an immigrant to this country who who still cares about the reasons why he immigrated yeah. to this country. Yeah, That's yeah, exactly and it. he's made yeah. it a better place. And Hertz needs him. Have you tried they to rent do, a car? Right if they can get uh, 100,000 cars, my gosh. Yeah, if he can do that for them, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, they so need cars. Everybody's suffering, yeah, yeah. But they're, they're uh, again, we're going to now on the bad news. Yeah, tell gotta, me the other side. Got to cover the bad side. Yeah, right? I know. So, you're, like, you're, like, you're like the fiddler on the roof. The good news yeah. is, yeah, the okay, good news. go on. Right, and we did the good news first. Yes, just, sir. Uh, Okay, so the bad news is, is of course, we all realize the uh, current challenges that we're faced with with the uh, the ships that are in the ports just waiting to be unloaded, and we're having challenges with that. And uh, this was a report, uh, and economists are expecting that these shipping problems are going to linger well into 2022. Maybe some would have thought these things could have been solved a lot sooner since Joe Biden said they were going to open the ports 24 hours a day, which I would imagine that would have been the norm. Uh, but apparently it wasn't for uh, California. Mm-hmm. Now, the ports, you know, this is Governor DeSantis in Florida saying, hey, bring your ships over to Florida. Yeah, Florida doesn't have a problem like that. We're open 24 yeah. hours yeah. a day. Yeah, you know? yeah. And, uh, but it looks like even though President Biden has, uh, you know, put this demand on California yeah. to open their ports 24 hours a day, they're still not capable 
of getting this job done because they just don't have the manpower to do it. And uh, I, there, there's got to be, I mean, maybe they could put somebody on this, one of the, uh, the czars in the administration. If there were a transportation secretary, perhaps. Yeah, they've got to, they've got to, somebody, if, maybe, yeah, if, oh, that's right, there is one, isn't there? There is, but he's been on paternity <laughs> yeah, leave for paternity two months. paternity leave, for, yes, yes. Two months! Yeah, that's nice of him. You know who hasn't been? Ron DeSantis. And he's saying, no. if you have the gas, we have the ports. Bring it here. That's right. Whatever, whatever you want to bring over to the East Coast, they're willing to uh, yeah. get it, yeah. get it out to the uh, country here. Yeah. yeah, distribution is obviously uh, the bad news right now. We're, we're still going to see some delays. We're seeing that um, the thought is is that a lot of the items that we buy for the holidays may not be here. Prices are going to continue to you know rise, and I think this is really also now going to maybe change the way the Fed is looking at all of this. Yeah. You know, where they kept talking about transitory. Uh, nature of the inflation, but now it looks like they're changing their stance a bit, and they're thinking that this inflation is probably going to be here longer than they initially expected. Yep, 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 yep. Well, we'll work on it. We'll work on it together, John. Thank yes. you for this. And if anyone Appreciate out there uh, wants to sit down and talk about their investments and see how they could uh, try to improve on that so that they're not that affected by all these mess, Give me a call at 480-991-1055 or go to our website, grandcanyonplanning.com. Thank you, John. Securities and advisory services offered to Client One Securities LLC, a member of Finner Pacific, and an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Client One Securities LLC are not affiliated. You could teach Thank me you. how to talk, buddy. Well done. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Thank you. Not a nice lyric. Portrait of a sunset. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Keith is in Atlanta. Hi, Keith. How you doing, Seth? I'm doing superbly. How are you? I'm doing well. I got to hide this ice cream from my wife because she said. What I kind? Not Ben and Jerry's. No, 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 no. It's it's actually gelato. It's a uh, chocolate chip um, cookie dough. Oh, I love that. Stuff. So that's but, a vanilla with the chocolate chips in it, right? A vanilla oh, yeah. base. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good. That's a good ice cream. Yeah, and it's it's meant for conservatives because it's the good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Seth, your monologue was really spot on, as it usually is, oh, and it opens up the evening well. Um, Barack Obama, uh, I remember a couple of months ago listening to Dennis Prager. He really defined Barack Obama well. He said he is a very dangerous man for America because he comes across as so slick and cool and and likable and everything when he in, inside is a deeply angered man who has disdain for the United States and 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 it and it really shows in his speech when he said he he tries to turn people who are against who oppose the democrats as a bunch of conspiratory people right and he and he talks about and he had to throw the line in there. He purposely rubbed it in by saying these trumped-up charges when he's taking a shot at the people who who voted for Trump. And and there's many people who are very loyal to Trump, not because of Donald Trump, but because Donald Trump put his foot down and stood up for America and got tired of America being taken advantage of on the world stage. And in like it or not, that's why many Americans are loyal to Trump, such as I am. I mean, I didn't like a lot of his annex, but I, I, 
I can't blame him because Donald Trump never attacked anyone. He attacked when when people attacked him first. And and I, and, I agree with that. I, I was having a debate with someone about whether Donald Trump changed all the norms and, you know, ruined our unity. And I, I said only only if you can only if you can claim that the response to a provocation is the provocation. You know, um, only 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 if you think that firing back or shooting back is a catalyst or an initiation. I, I can't think of a culture war issue. I can't think of one that we started. I can't think of right. it. Right. And, and, and that's the thing about Trump. If you look at how he, he, when people treated him diplomatically and opposed him, he was very presidential with them. But when they it's just like Obama, he's taken his shots. And Obama had Obama had one tenth of the hostile criticism of a media that has gone after Donald Trump. Right. He would have gone in the fetal position because I'll tell you one time, one time it happened and it wasn't the media. It was Wayne LaPierre that got under his skin. Oh, it and was? Obama's, Obama was at the Rose Garden and almost stomping his feet while squirming, talking about the NRA. And Wayne LaPierre got him. But um, I, I, when you mentioned Colts Warrior, this, this, this is something that really I, I see Salem Network is putting out for um a culture warrior of the year award. I've never seen that before, but, but I, I have to say this. The one man that stands out in my mind is that Lieutenant governor in North Carolina. That guy doesn't back down for nothing. He has taken on the LGBTQ community. He's taken, and they've even called him, they called him a racist sure. uh, against blacks too. Right. And because and he he's conservative. Right. Right. Huh? Right. Isn't he he's, one? He is. He's just an African-American, isn't he? Yes, yeah, and yeah. he's he's bold. You can go to YouTube and see his speeches. He's articulate, he's smart, and he's actually a very witty person too. He's well read too. I'll tell you one thing: I still think he's a rising star in the GOP. Mark Robinson. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You bet. He's, better than the Robinson, which was Michelle Robinson Obama. Much better. You remember her famous yeah. line was she she was never proud of her country. Until she saw how it treated Barack Obama in an right. election. Until in they, an election. he got elected. Yeah. Until he got elected. Yeah. First time she was proud of her country. First time she was proud of her country. First time. And that's so sad because this country has been so good to the Obamas. It really has. Well. I'm proud of this country because of what it has accomplished over the years. Take, yeah, the, narrative. Ter- some- take the narrative of a, of a young man, uh, of a baby. Take the take the narrative of a baby uh, uh, who is raised fatherless, and he's a racial minority, and um, and most people, you know, understand that this is going to be a diffi- more difficult life than most, a more difficult life than most. Now, fast forward, what did it take him? Thirty nine, forty years. And he lives in a $16 million house. Now, I don't think that that fixing of the price on his house is a statement about America per se. But I will tell you that given what he faced from birth forward, there is no country in the world where he could have succeeded as he did here. Not one. 
Amen. That You could cut that in stone. There is no other nation other than the United States that people could, if they really apply to it and do it, I, 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 for one, I, for one, am glad that that is the case. I'm sure you are, too. What I resent oh, yes. is that he wants to take it away and reverse everything that got him there. And, that, and that's, that's a, a true sign of a liberal, because you look at even the liberals who did it through capitalism and so forth, like Bezos and so forth, they, and Zuckerberg. Those people want the system taken away, whereas if, they, if it was taken away before they got their wealth, they wouldn't have got it themselves. It doesn't make any sense. And someone's got to do, got to really address that. Why the wealthy people in this country are so anti-capitalist? Well, they're the only they, ones that can capital- afford it. They can afford it. They can afford creative lawyers and accountants and teams and reams of them. They can afford higher prices. They can afford inflation. They can afford all these things, including you know, travel to anywhere they want to go. They don't have to deal with what their policies mean to the hoi polloi. They don't have to live with the consequences of what they dictate to us, which is, which which is, you know, which is just a horrible thing in a society for the rule makers to live by a different set of rules than the governed. It's a terrible thing. Madison calls it a form of tyranny in the 57th Federalist. Go ahead. Yeah, but but I don't understand why they are against the system that they rode with that made them so well. They made it, man. I mean, They're good. They're good. Now now it's about pleasing uh, those that can keep them relevant, those that they can keep them on the stage. Don't underestimate ego here either. Don't es- underestimate what it must mean to be a president of the United States with all the appurtenances that come with it. And it's a lot that most can't even comprehend. Don't underestimate what people who leave that in the prime of their life as he did. Don't underestimate what they crave. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Roger's in Peoria. Hi, Roger. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? Your your monologue, you're probably going to hear a lot of compliments today. That was a spectacular monologue. Oh, well, thank you, sir. Um, I appreciate it. Thank you. I got to laughing when that caller mentioned useful idiot, wanted to know about useful idiot. Oh, yeah. I had had a – I argue with the guy. He's a close friend of mine, true close friend. But we argue on Facebook all the time, extremely harsh. And – about two months ago, I got bumped off for saying, that's not how it is, idiot. <laughs> and they called that bullying. Did they really? And I thought, really? Wow. So anyway, literally, I had just gotten on by one day, and I was <laughs> reading one of his things that he sent me, and he said, how long has Trump been paying you to be a useful idiot? Uh-huh. And I went, I I replied to that comment saying, I got put in Facebook jail for 30 days for calling you an idiot. And two hours later, I was back in Facebook jail for 30 days. Wow. And I looked at his, and his comment is still up there. Wow. Let me do it. Wow. (laughs) I did an, (laughs) I did an, Roger, thank you. I did an experiment 
with my friend Tevi Troy. I often interview him here. I think he was on last week on uh, political correct uh, medicine, political correctness in medicine. And we were talking about how Facebook and Google play around with their algorithms and the kind of thing you were subject to, Roger, selective censorship. And we did some searches uh, while we were on the phone together, and we live in different states, so we thought it would be a good experiment. We, we roughly read the same things. We roughly have the same political views. We roughly have the same senses of humor and taste. I mean, we're dear friends on the same political side, right? You would think we would have the same, um, same basic profile uh, or social credit <laughs> rating, I suppose, if you want to play that game. So we, we tested a few, three or four different Google searches, and son of a gun if we didn't get a different ranking of answers. Son of a gun if we didn't. Now, back in the old days, when someone had to look something up, I'm telling you, based on experience and observation, the scientific method, I'm telling you, there was one encyclopedia for everyone. For Tevi, for Seth, for Ron Kuby, for Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, and for Larry Elder. There was one. We all had the same knowledge. You know why? Because we all sought truth. Google and Facebook don't sell truth. And the left doesn't want truth. They want their truth, or in their first-person pronoun use, my truth. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.